Sunday afternoon. Time for some jazz. How you doing, friends? I hope this day finds you well. The time of this recording is, of course, a Sunday afternoon, but you may be listening to this on a morning or evening or a day. I don't know. Either way, I hope you enjoy today's selections of jazz, as uh, I've got five different artists, and I'm going to I've got a little surprise at the end today. thought I'd do something a little bit different. So today, being that it is uh, the 13th of December, we are um, very close to Christmas time if you celebrate. If you celebrate, please do so as safely as possible because we, we don't want to overwhelm our healthcare system now, do we? Okay, and that's all the scolding I'll be giving you for today. I'm going to start the day off with a uh, selection from a uh, 1956 recording from the Van Gelder Studio in Hackensack, New Jersey, from the late, great Thad Jones. So great so that the album was titled The Magnificent Thad Jones. This is his recording of April in Paris. I hope you enjoy this. This is the 2007 remaster.
the late great Thad Jones from the album The Magnificent Thad Jones, released in 1957, recorded in 1956 at the Rudy Van Gelder Studio in Hackensack, New Jersey. That, of course, was uh, Thad's version of the uh, Vernon Duke composition April in Paris, originally written in 1932 for the Broadway musical Walk a Little Faster. It uh, was a hit in 1933 when it was first performed by Freddie Martin, and then in 1952 it became a hit again when it was inspired by the film of the same name, April in Paris. Thad had been a member of the Count Basie Orchestra at the time, but this was a, a very much a solo effort on his part. On uh, Accompanying him on that album is Billy Mitchell, of course the uh, magnificent guitar player Kenny Burrell for one single track, uh, Barry Harris on uh, piano, of course, and uh, uh, also accompanied by uh, Percy Heath on bass, bass and the great Max Roach on drums. That record, as I said, was remastered in 2007, and that was the version you just heard, where they did improve on the original analog recording. And, of course, Rudy Van Gelder would have been very happy to take part in that, as he was a magnificent engineer. Not everybody loved him, but uh, I've always been a big fan of his work because I thought he helped to um, push forward advances in studio recording that we still use many of them today. Of course, Thad Jones passed away in 1986 at the very young age of only 63 years. He had uh, been suffering from ill health for about a year prior to that. In 1985, when he took over the leadership of the Count Basie Orchestra after Count Basie had passed away, For some reason, and uh, it's still unknown as to why, but in January of 1979, Thad moved to uh, Copenhagen, Denmark. His bandmates were kind of shocked by it, but at the same token, several other famous uh, jazz musicians had gone to live there, and I I think it had to do with the uh, attitudes in Denmark. It is one of the happiest nations on earth, believe it or not. It is a, a fact. Uh, people are very content there because they have a very good quality of life. Of course, health care is covered, so why not, right? He took over the um, the Danish radio big band, and uh, he married a, a local Danish woman, of course. And he uh, basically transformed the Danish radio big band into, into one of the world's best. Uh, there was a live recording of, of them at the, uh, the Montmartre in Copenhagen, which... You definitely want to check out because, my goodness gracious, just spectacular. Of course, his best-known composition is the uh, jazz standard, A Child is Born. Thad, uh, he had a um, he had a couple of children, but I don't know much about them. As a leader or co-leader, he, he was on about 25 different albums. Um, the, the Thad Jones and uh, Mel Lewis Orchestra, he's, again, about another 20 or 25 recordings. As a sideman, well, yeah, several recordings with Count Basie, Kenny Burrell, Lou Donaldson, Kenny Drew, Herbie Hancock, Coleman Hawkins. I could go on for quite some time. He worked literally with everyone in the industry, as he was known as one of the world's greatest trumpet soloists. His music and his art are still revered, of course, today. He originally hailed from Pontiac, Michigan, for those of you who are unaware. So any listeners in uh, 
southwestern uh, Ontario and the Detroit area would be familiar with Pontiac. Of course, as I said, he passed away rather suddenly in 19... My goodness gracious. 1986 at the age of 63. Um, he had been suffering from ill health for a, a year prior to that. And his playing ability had diminished quite a bit uh, as he had injured, injured a lip. His lip? I don't know if top... I would assume is a top lip. So it would have been very difficult for him to... Uh, what is the term I'm looking for? Produce the proper uh, embouchure, I guess that's how they say it. Not an aficionado I am. I'm just a fan, of course. But yes, his playing skills had diminished, but his uh, composing and arranging skills actually really blossomed at, blossomed at that point in time of his life, just prior to his uh, untimely passing. Okay, as I'm stumbling and bumbling here, I'm going to uh, play a composition from 1996 this time from a Canadian pianist, René Rosnas, who I've featured in the past as a solo artist and as a member of Artemis, the uh, all-woman jazz supergroup. This uh, particular track is titled Life Wish.
Rene Rosnes, the incredible pianist Rene Rosnes. Originally from Vancouver, she now resides in New York City where she records and plays frequently. She has produced a number of shows at the Lincoln Center as she is very much a brilliant, genius pianist. That, of course, was from her 1996 album, Ancestors, recorded at uh, Power Station in New York City for Blue Note Records. She won the 1997 Juno Award for Best Mainstream Jazz Album for that record. She's, of course, married to um, another pianist, Mr. Bill Charlap, who I featured a couple of times on this show. Of course, Renee, I featured uh, more than once as a solo artist and as a member of Artemis, as I mentioned just a little bit earlier. She's been uh, recording, composing, and performing for over 30 years and has worked with, my goodness, kind of a who's who of the jazz industry. Wayne Shorter, Joe Henderson, James Moody, Ron Carter, just to name a few. She has a total of 17 albums that she's recorded, and many others as, you know, side-supporting pianist, of course, and uh, as part of the new uh, super (laughs) jazz, all-woman jazz supergroup, Artemis. Renee, of course, has a total of five Juno Awards, receiving her last in 2017. Downbeat Magazine has uh, praised her as an an exceptional performer and a virtuoso composer. And she is, everything that she's been described, she is an incredible player. You can find her um, uh, entire uh, music library on her website, renerosnes.com. R-E-N-E-E-R-O-S-N-E-S. By all means, check it out. She is uh, quite the talent, quite the skill, and I'm a tremendous fan of her work. Many of you may be familiar with her outside of uh, her her skill set as a musician because she... uh, she was the, the host of the CBC radio show Jazz Profiles for a while. And that uh, on that particular show, while well, she kind of had a who's who of modern jazz. Okay. I'm going to move it along and play my next artist for today. I've featured this gentleman in the past, and I plan to feature him once again in the future. He, uh, he, well, he... he left this world very young. He was only 33 years of age. Um, sad, uh, sad way to go out as he was uh, shot by his uh, common-law wife uh, in between uh, sets when he was playing at the Slug Saloon a jazz club in the East Village of New York City. He was only 33 years of age at the time. He was just a baby. This is the composition I remember Clifford from the late, great, Lee Morgan.
Lee Morgan with his version of the Benny Colson composition, I Remember Clifford. Of course, that was written about the late uh, trumpeter Clifford Brown, who was killed in a car accident at the uh, tender age of 25. And yet, his influence is still felt today, as he was very much an influence on Lee. You have to understand that uh, Lee Morgan was 19 years of age when he recorded that. Yes, 19. Recorded in 1957. Clifford Brown, of course, was uh, one of the largest influences on uh, Arturo Sandoval, who recorded an entire album called I Remember Clifford as a tribute to him. Of course, it does feature that song as well. Lee, as I said, was uh, sadly murdered by his wife, our common-law wife. don't know all of the details surrounding that argument that led to his shooting, but uh, sad story at 33 years of age. Uh, she, she died of a, a heart condition in March of 1996. Um, she, she did uh, spend some t- time in prison for the murder, but uh, she was released on parole. Hmm. Such a sad story. But that's, uh, that's life, that's jazz, that's uh, oftentimes some of the greatest art is written from the greatest sadness. Okay, don't mean to bring anybody down. It's certainly not my goal. I mean, I would never want to make you unhappy. I just want to make you happy. So, let's play this fun little song. At least I think it's a fun little song. I certainly enjoy the title of it. This is a um, Herbie Hancock composition featuring uh, Jackie McLean. This composition is titled Yams.
they released a limited edition CD, five cuts of which were recorded in 1963, and um, six cuts were recorded in 1962. They left off the 1959 recording, Formidable. I have no idea why. Very complicated and convoluted uh, process to get the entire record out. That was, of course, recorded at the uh, Van Gelder studio in Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey. And, uh, again, a very strange, long process. Almost uh, 47 years to get the entire record released. Or 37 years, I should say. Pardon me, my math was off. It was 1963, and to finally hear the full-length record, the year 2000. Jackie McLean, of course, passed away in uh, 2000, was it 6 or 2009? 2006. He was 74 years of age and had been suffering uh, from ill health for quite some time prior to his passing. He has been reflected on and, and revered for, well, my goodness, decades as, as one of jazz's most uh, revered sax players. He, uh, he has been elected to the Downbeat Hall of Fame, and he's one of the few to have done it the, in the year that he died. You know, the late, great Jackie McLean, with uh, a strange, convoluted composition. So, I have uh, one more track to play for you today from uh, an individual I've featured in the past, and uh, I'll continue to p- uh, play his music in the future as I, I quite like what he has to offer. This is uh, the Charles Lloyd New Quartet with his composition, How Can I Tell You? This is a live recording. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
recording the album passing through that was recorded in Montreux, Switzerland on the Lake Geneva shoreline at the Montreux Jazz Festival. Now I've been to Montreux. Um, dear friends of mine live in Switzerland. Uh, I will be going to visit the Jazz Fest in Montreux at some point in the future. I just haven't determined the exact date yet because, well, COVID, right? So that record, um, well, a very passionate live recording. It it marked the 10th anniversary of his acclaimed and enduring new quartet. That was, of course, featuring pianist Jason Moran, bassist Reuben Rogers, drummer Eric Harland, a rather simpatico unit that teems with sophistication, contemplation, and playfulness. That's a quote written by a reviewer, of course. That was not off the top of my head, and I don't want you to think otherwise. Uh, One of the ways that uh, the band has been described, the quartet has been described, he says, uh, Dan Dan Belowski from uh, All About Jazz wrote, There's a reason that this band is one of the most celebrated ensembles of our time, and it's connected to its seemingly self-contradictory skill of knowing how to hold on and let go all at once. That gift is there to see and hear in every performance on this album. Well, I I can't argue with that at all. Of course, Charles Lloyd is 83 years of age and has shown absolutely no signs whatsoever of slowing down, as I believe he has a new recording coming out in the very near future. So, stay tuned to this show so that I will debut his new music as it is released. As I said, that was uh, a Blue Note recording from 2017, very live. Mr. Charles Lloyd, absolute genius of jazz. Okay, so as I said earlier, I had um, I had a bit of a surprise for you today at the end of today's show, and I'm going to do something I've I've uh, not done before. I'm going to play another artist. Usually, the shows it stops at. Uh, you know, the five artists, and, and that's it. One hour of jazz, songs, and stories. But today, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feature something a little bit different. Um, this is a, a woman from Gothenburg, Sweden. You may or may not be familiar with her. She's a somewhat eccentric, rather unique, and uh, a genius musician. One of her uh, trademarks is playing three trumpets at the same time. I've seen her do it. It's quite something. She's uh, a little bit eccentric, but my goodness, what a talented musician. This is uh, Gunhild Karling, and this is a live recording in Central Park where she plays a song titled The Bagpipe Swing. 
Yes, you're going to hear her solo on the bagpipes, but it's jazz. Have a listen to this. Sweden. I don't know if she's uh, still living in Sweden or not, but I do know that she does 
do a live performance every Sunday at 8 p.m., so I don't know which time zone. I just know that 8 p.m. in whatever time zone she's in, she does a live performance since the uh, coronavirus ravaged the world. So if you've never heard jazz bagpipes before, today you have. Very unique and something I never ever thought I would hear or see, and yet there you have it. That was a live recording from Central Park in New York City from uh, six years ago, my goodness, 2014. She is an incredibly accomplished multi-instrumentalist, composer, singer, dancer, musician, artist, actor. Like I said, a little eccentric, but an absolute genius and a magnificent musician. Check her out, Gunhild Carlin, G-U-N-H-I-L-D. Okay, so that is the end of today's show. I'm a little wound up as I have a few things I need to attend to before I say good- goodbye for the day, but I hope you enjoyed today's show, and uh, I'll be back with part 22 in the next few days. Until we meet again, my friends, take care. Bye.